Hello and welcome to The Culture Bar, an arts and culture podcast series brought to you by Harrison Parrott. In this special festive edition of our Speed podcast series, we asked Harrison Parrott colleagues to share with us their favourite festive music from their home country or music which resonates with them at this special time of year. First up, we have artist manager Yukiko Shishikura sharing with us the importance of Beethoven's Symphony No. 9 to Japan. Konnichiwa. Beethoven's Symphony No. 9 is one of the festival musics in Japan. We call this piece Daiku in Japanese, and a countless number of annual year end Daiku concerts are held throughout Japan in December. Many people say we cannot welcome the new year without listening to Daiku. So, what is the relationship between Daiku and Japanese people? The history goes back to World War I. When the war broke out in 1914, Japanese captured around 1,000 German soldiers and they were held at Bando Camp in Tokushima. At the camp, they could form an orchestra and perform more than 100 concerts, and people around the neighborhood could come and listen. In 1918, Daiku was performed at Bando Camp after many months of rehearsal, and it was the first time it was ever performed in Japan. One year later, captivity of German soldiers ended and they went back to Germany, but the scores, including Daiku, have remained and they were spread throughout the country. Since then, Daiku has become the symbol of Western music and culture and tradition to listen and perform at the end of the year. One of the most famous Daiku concerts is called Sandri's 10,000 Floyd, and it is held in Osaka every December since 1983, and it involves more than 10,000 singers. I had an opportunity to attend the concert several years ago, and it was one of the most memorable concerts I have ever attended. Joyful and uplifting music was something very special, and it was a wonderful way to reflect the year and welcome the new year. So, this is the story of festival music in Japan. Have a great new year! Next, Lissy Kelleher Clark brings together the magic of Disney and an old Christmas favorite. I think plausibly my favorite thing about Christmas music. Is that if you add the Little Mermaids part of this world harmony to a way in a manger, it improves it exponentially. Creative Partnerships and Tours Manager Henry Southern takes us on a nostalgic journey back to the 80s. Hello, it's Henry Southern here from the Creative Partnerships and Tours Department. So, for this podcast about festive music from around the world, now I know I'm only meant to pick one piece, but I'm being very greedy and I'm going to pick a whole album. For me, Christmas is personified by 
the album now. That's what I call Christmas, but not just any Christmas album from the Now collection. It's the one from 1986. That might show my age a little bit, um, but it just has a lot of nostalgia for me. My dad had this album as an LP and we would play it every Christmas time. It's got all the classics. It's got, do you know it's Christmas from Band-Aid? I wish it could be Christmas every day by Wizard. Elton John, Step Into Christmas. Even the Beach Boys and and Bing Crosby. It's got every classic Christmas tune on there. And for me, that's what Christmas is all about. Hope everyone has a wonderful festive period. Take care and have a good one. Bye-bye. Heading over to Norway, Associate Artist Manager Caroline Melsveit with a lullaby for Little Santas. So my favourite Norwegian Christmas song is called Gunnatsang for Nissunger, which roughly is translatable to Lullaby for Little Santas. This song is from a children's TV advent calendar show called Amalia's Jul, Amalia's Christmas. And I think the reason that I really like this song is that I find the lyrics so soothing. Basically, it's telling a story about how the night is setting in and that everyone needs to go to sleep. But we don't need to worry because the moon is looking down on us and shining a light so that even if you don't have a home or you don't have a bed, he's there for you and he will make sure that nobody is alone tonight and nobody is crying. And um, I know it's a little bit silly, but me and my roommate from boarding school, we would actually play the song to each other um, every night in December. And it was, such, it was just such a nice way to end the day. And now every time the calendar says December on December 1st, We'll always send each other a link to this song, even though it's been more than 10 years since we went to boarding school and we live in different countries. This song is kind of still bringing us together every Christmas. It's not a special song. It's not a great musical performance in any way. And it's not super festive or pompous or great, but it's just, it's just really nice. Finally, marketing intern Kerry Chen shares with us a Christmas song from China. I would like to recommend Ethan Chan's Lonely Christmas. This song has two versions, so in both Mandarin and Cantonese, but the melody is the same. This song was released in 2003, but it still remains very popular in China, and it's the must-listen song for every Christmas. Although Chinese don't really celebrate Christmas, this song is kind of sad, Basically, it's for the lonely people who are scared of festivals. Everyone who they are close with are not with them at this time. And I think this song makes a very great contrast with the cheerful sounds and carols during Christmas period. More realistic, I guess. Especially given the pandemic and COVID restrictions in the recent years, not everybody were able to celebrate Christmas and New Year with their family and friends. So last year, I was alone by myself for both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So what I did was just listening and singing this song for the whole time <laughs> with me, myself and I. Um, I wish I could sing this song for you right now, but my singing skills are way too bad. So I'm going to play it instead. And if you like how it sounds, just go onto the Spotify link and give it a go. Merry Christmas! <laughs> 